0: I'm from Dublin. I'm from Sandy Mount, which is in the heart of uh, the famous Dublin Four. Uh, and uh, when I was growing up, it was a really quite a small villi- village, a bit a bit sleepy and uh, a bit bypassed, I suppose, by a lot of the hustle and bustle of the city. Although we, it's very close to the city, just a few miles from the city centre. Uh, my mother was a stay-at-home mother, so she worked, she worked in the home. She had worked before she, she got married, but her final job was for, um, today you'd call it a, a recycling business, but actually it was a, a scrap uh, business in, in Smithfield, and it was owned by a family called Bailey. My dad then worked in the, uh, in the wine and spirits business. He worked for a company that imported uh, whiskies and wines and, uh, and in the drinks business. And um, he had worked, in, worked for that firm all his life, from, from when he left school uh, in the 1930s, I think, until, until he retired. Yeah, I've been listening to this album this, is, this was Johnny Cash's last I believe it was his last album before he died in fact he may have been terminally ill when he recorded this so there's some extraordinary uh, tracks on it uh, the one I've chosen is, is a cover version of Bridge Over Troubled Water most cover versions you can you can forget about in my experience And um, but this is a cri- quite extraordinary interpretation of an exceptional song by somebody looking back on a, on a long and very full life and the way he expresses uh, the song it's full of all that delight and regret and um, sadness and joy that makes up any human life.
1: And friends just can't be found Like a bridge over troubled water I will lay me down Like a bridge over troubled water I will lay me down When you're down and out When you're on the street When evening falls so hard Will comfort you.
0: I did a communications course in the Rathmines College of Commerce. I actually tried to get into the journalism course, but I didn't have an honour in English. But this is pre-points, so it wasn't a question of points. You just had to have a couple of honours and one had to be in English. And I failed twice to get an honour in English, so I failed to get into the journalism course in the College of Commerce in Rathmines. So I went for this communications course instead, which actually was probably quite a, you know, one of those things that, that was for the best, really, because it was a much broader uh, training in, in television, video, radio and um, production. I began broadcasting with uh, actually a little small pirate radio station called Southside Radio, which broadcast from the Hotel Victor uh, in, in Rochester Avenue in Dunleary. In fact, it was from a shed beside the Hotel Victor <laughs> in Rochester Avenue in Dunleary, with when it rained, the water dripping down on top of the, on top of the console. And uh, I started re- you know, news reading basically what I'm doing now, uh, all those years ago. And then I, I, I after a, a summer or so of that, I got a job with Radio Nova, which was, became one of the very successful radio pirates in the, in the early nineteen eighties and I worked there for a couple of years. It was certainly somewhere where high standards were expected, no doubt about it. I mean one of the things that distinguished distinguished Nova was it a very strong FM signal. And the, the guy who owned it, a fellow called Chris Carey, who's, who who's subsequently uh, passed away just a couple of years ago, Chris was famous for driving around the city of Dublin with his radio on in the car, full blast, testing the signal as he drove around the city. And if he found any spots where the signal weakened or faded, he'd uh, be straight on to the engineers up in the up in the Dublin mountains to get the signal boosted in that particular area or whatever the technological <laughs> requirement was. I'm not very techni- technological. But of course, he'd also be listening to the output. And if he heard music he didn't want to hear or if he heard particularly too much chat, you know, sort of mindless, uh, wittering on by DJs, he was straight down and into the studio and to give them an earful. I actually approached RTE because I had been working the BBC for about four years of this stage, three or four years, and I had ended up presenting their breakfast programme, which I presented for about six months and hated. Not the programme, but I just, that hour of the day, I couldn't operate. I mean, I probably was immature. I didn't really have the discipline to be able to go to bed in time and get up at a, you know, reasonably refreshed at 3 or 4 a.m. And I never got on top of it. And so I started looking around to see if I could move. And um, uh, I, I approached RTE. Well, one of my colleagues had had a, a, who still works for RTE, a, a reporter called Brendan Wright, had, had, had gone to work in, for RTE Radio News in Dublin. And I approached him and, you know, I opened up a, a channel there and I got offered a contract. Well, I met my wife, Kriya, on Inish Boffin Island, which is off the coast of County Galway. She was there on holidays with her parents. Her parents had a, had a holiday home there, still in the family, I'm glad to say, a wonderful house, sitting on a little cove, looking back over the uh, Connemara. And uh, we just we just met outside the bar. In fact, it turned out she was living at the time in Sandymount. We just did what people do on a date. You know, we went for a meal, went to see a movie, all that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I, I can't, there was, it wasn't exceptional in, in that sense, uh, but it was certainly exceptional because uh, I, was, I decided very early on that uh, she was the one for me. We were married in 19, 1988, and it was fantastic. It's a great day. Uh, you know, everybody says you look fantastic. They all laugh at your jokes. It took place in my parish church, oddly enough, which is St. Matthew's um, in Church of Ireland in Sandymount, in, in Irishtown. And it took place there because when we went to Crea's uh, local Catholic church, uh, the, the local priest uh, explained that she would have to make a, a promise, a commitment to raise any children of the marriage in the Catholic faith, and uh, she wasn't prepared to do that because we didn't even know if we'd have any children. And uh, she, so we, she said, "Well, we'll, um, we'll make other arrangements." Thank you very much. And Sophie came along, our eldest daughter, uh, in nineteen, in nineteen eighty nine. It's a quite extraordinary experience. The whole process, you know, the g- discovering that we discovering that we was pregnant. And then the birth she was Sophie both the girls were born down Hollow Street and uh, I remember I remember walking up and down the corridor with the midwife you know, They they just sort of keep her keep them walking and then Sophie arrived in the early hours of the morning. Wonderful. Well, I was born in 1960, so I I became a teenager in the 1970s and I always resented the fact that I missed out on this great explosion of of youth culture and music and protest, so I I chose a a piece from the 60s, Uh, it's uh, from the mamas and papas, who to me are the sound of the 60s, it seemed to me to be a a decade that was full of hope and and optimism and delight and sunlight and joy, Uh, of course that wasn't the case, Um, but the mamas and papas seemed to get that in their sound and the song is, it's getting better all the time. And it's dedicated to my wife Priya.